Today on The Girl Defined Show, we are talking about Leah Thomas. Many of you are probably familiar with that name. You've heard the story. It's been in the news a lot lately. But this person is someone who was born a man and started swimming competitively in college as a male and then just a few years ago decided to transition to become a woman, started competing in women's sports at the University of Pennsylvania and literally started blowing records out of the water. And, you know, some people say that this person, Leah Thomas, went from 65th on the men's team to first on the women's team. This has created quite a splash, no pun intended. And it's just crazy because now Leah Thomas is bumped up even higher in the news. Everybody's talking about it because just recently, the University of Pennsylvania nominated Thomas for the 2022 NCAA Woman of the Year. And this is so controversial for obvious reasons because now we have a person who's a biological man being nominated as the Woman of the Year. And we're told by basically everyone that if we don't jump on board with this, if we don't celebrate this as women, if we don't cheer Leah Thomas on saying, yes, you go, girl then we are basically bigoted, we're hateful, we're transphobes. And so this is something that we're told we have to celebrate. But at the same time, women are being erased. Women's records are being erased. Even women can't even hold the position of woman of the year. This is craziness. And we are going to unpack all of that right here on The Girl Defined Show. What's up, sisterhood? We are so excited for this conversation. And I'm sure, you know, if you are on social media, if you watch any sort of news, maybe you read a newspaper. (laughs) Does anyone do that? Um, You have probably seen, especially with this whole NCAA nomination for Woman of the Year, Leah Thomas, I am sure you have seen something about it. And if you haven't, this is such a relevant conversation because with all of the talk of transgenderism and just the push to not only accept, but to celebrate in all areas, whether a man wants to become a woman or a woman wants to become a man, it can be hard and confusing. Like, how do I respond? How do I think about this as a Christian woman? Our views don't just come from our heads or from, our, you know, textbooks. Our views should come from scripture. And God actually has a lot to say about this. And so we're not going to be relying on our own, you know, knowledge. We are going to take you through the facts, take you through a lot of what's happening culturally, but then really jump into scripture. And what's crazy is before all this really transgender craze kind of came about in the last few years, Kristen and I wrote a book, and I'm sure many of you have heard of it, maybe even read it, but it's called Girl Define God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, and Identity. And in that book, we have an entire chapter unpacked what it means to actually be a biological woman, a female designed intentionally by God for a specific purpose. And honestly, when we wrote that chapter, we said some really bold things. We had no idea just how crazy the world was going to become. So now I open up, I was literally just opening up Girl Defined and I was like, this is more relevant than when we wrote it. Like, how is that even possible? Mm-hmm. So if you want to take a deep dive on not only God's good design for you as a, a woman, but just in how to respond, how to approach, how to view these controversial topics happening in our culture, I strongly recommend you grab a copy of Girl Define, God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, and Identity. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on, you know, as an audiobook, or you can go straight to our website, girldefined.com. There is a free study guide included in every chapter. This would make an incredible study for you to do with some girlfriends or to work through with a mentor, or if you're mentoring someone else, a mentee. This is the book you want to read Mm -hmm. because right now we need truth. We need sanity in our lives more than ever. And Girl Defined, the book, brings some sanity 
Hallelujah. We need that. Yeah. And in this conversation, we really want to have two tones, (laughs) a tone of compassion, because we know this is a hard and challenging and real struggle, gender um, confusion, gender dysphoria, you know, for many people. We want to have a tone of compassion as we talk about this, but we also want to have a tone of common sense. And I think that is what is lacking in our modern society. There is absolutely no common sense. You know, it's just whatever anybody says they are, they can be. And Here at Girl Define, we stand firm on the truth of God's word because we believe God is our creator. Like he says, we believe he has a good plan for men and women that he created, the male and female. And so we are not going to be shy about this. We're not going to back down. We are going to speak, we hope and pray biblically with compassion, but with common sense. And we're going to stand firm and say, if God created you to be a biological male, you are a biological male. It doesn't matter what you think about yourself, who you think you are as you try to search and find your identity. God is the ultimate authority. And so as we talk about the story of Leah Thomas, that's the framework that we're coming from. And, you know, you you are probably familiar with the story, but if not, I do want to give like a little bit of a rundown to kind of get you up to speed. But Leah Thomas was not born Leah Thomas. That's a name change. So Leah Thomas was born as William Thomas, a biological male born in the late 90s, grew up completely as a boy, had a full boyhood, had a full high school as a man, entered college as a man. Um, and he's actually fairly tall. Some say 6'1", 6'2", 6'3". I don't know exactly how tall he is, but, you know, Bethany and I are both really tall ourselves. Um, We're going to talk a little bit more about that later, the differences between men and women. There's some interesting stuff we want to dig into on that. Um, But Thomas began swimming on the men's team, so went through puberty, went through all of those changes that we go through during puberty as girls and boys transitioning to men and women. There are a lot of biological, a lot of bodily changes that happen. Um, Thomas went through all of those changes as a boy, as a man, and then started swimming competitively at the University of Pennsylvania on the men's team. That's just crazy to me in 2017, and then swam from 2018 to 2019. And then in May of 2019, Thomas came out as a trans woman during his junior year and told the coaches and the friends and everyone and said, you know, this is something I've been struggling with for a while. Um, I deep down, I've just felt like something was wrong. I really believe that I'm a woman. And so began the transition. Um, NCAA had rules that you had to go through at least one year of hormone therapy. So went through um, some of that hormone therapy. But again, remember, this is a fully developed, fully grown tall male who is now going through one year of hormone therapy. And then after that, started swimming on the women's team. And so here's this man who is just a man, a very strong athletic man. And when you look up pictures and see videos, it's quite shocking. Like, you are a man. It's not even like you can be. Yeah, it's not even a question. We're going to play some audio clips later from Leah Thomas himself. And we are going to, I think, use the name Leah Thomas because anyone can have a name change. Anyone can change their name, right, to whatever they want. But what we're not going to do is refer to Leah Thomas as a her, which is what all of the mainstream media and articles do because, again, we want to stand by God's truth for this person. We believe that's the most loving, compassionate thing to do is to stand by God's truth for how he created this person. Yeah, I mean, I prefer to just call him Thomas. Rather okay. than the full name, because personally, it's like Leah Thomas. Like Leah, I know. Is intentionally, like it's Leah, intentionally. He changed his name to Leah Catherine. Like, I, right, a very it feminine. Like, <clears throat> yeah, they always change the names to very feminine. So personally, I prefer to just refer to it as Tom, refer Thomas. To as Thomas. Okay, so we going, can know who we're talking about. Yes, and it's not. It gets confusing. Wait, Leah. It's so obviously a girl's name. You know. Yes, I know for sure. So okay, we're just going by Thomas, but you will notice that we we'll say him. And he, because, yeah, we want to stand by 
what we believe is the most compassionate, truthful response, and that is to say the truth. <laughs> I mean, to not not give into the delusion, sadly, a sad delusion. Yeah. So, okay. So Thomas went through hormone therapy for a year, started swimming on the women's team, which was obviously a massively controversial thing. Um, there were many people who wrote anonymous letters. There was 16 teammates who wrote anonymous letters to the university saying that Thomas posed a threat to women's sports. Um, but then, of course, in this woke age that we live in, uh, you know, so many other people had to come out, you know, other, you know, athletes and swimmers and say, no, we support support this. We support trans. There's no, there's no problem with this. This is totally fine. Right. So you had kind of both sides talking about this and, you know, shouting their perspectives. And so Thomas began swimming, began, um, yeah, swimming on the women's team, which is crazy. Here yeah. you have a full grown man, looks like a man, has the built, the, the body build and the muscle mass of a man. And I don't care, you know, one year of therapy, like, okay, yeah. you know, many claim like, oh, that decreased muscle mass, that decreased different things. Like there's so much that cannot be decreased, yes. like your lung capacity, um, just so many things that have already happened post puberty that cannot be erased, that cannot be, yeah. uh-huh. um, you know, walked back anyway. So that's happening. And that's kind of like, well, it makes it okay because of this one year of therapy. Um, but here's the crazy thing by the conclusion of Thomas's swimming career at UPenn in 2022, so this year, Thomas's rank had moved from 65th on the men's team to first on the women's team. Okay, 65th on the men's team to first on the women's team, and you know those those teammates that stood up and said this is this is not fair. This mm-hmm. is posing a threat to women's sports. Um, people who say no, it's not. It's it's like look at the facts. Mm-hmm. Like the facts are showing something different. And then the craziest thing, which is causing the most mm-hmm. recent um, outrage on both sides of the perspective here, is that just this month, so July of 2022, the University of Pennsylvania nominated Thomas mm-hmm. for the 2022 NCAA Woman of the Year. And I'm like, there are so many amazing yes. female athletes. We were athletes. By like a we. Lot women. We love women's sports. We grew up playing so many different sports, you know, not into the college years, but all the way till our yeah. senior years in high school. We love competitive sports, um, but we cannot imagine like being one of these women who you have worked your entire yeah. life to become the best, the best that you can possibly be as a, as a female swimmer, as a female athlete. And then here comes a male and he basically takes away the, the <laughs> nomination, takes away the title of woman of the year. I mean, I can understand the outrage, but I just can't yeah. imagine being a woman who is competing yeah. um, and who is in college sports right now watching this and go and like told you have to cheer this on. You have to mm-hmm. applaud this or you're a hateful person. The whole thing is just absolute insanity. And it's sad. The The very, very sad part is that people are applauding this and, um, you know, encouraging it and giving into it. It's just, you know, to me, that is the most unloving, unhelpful thing to do when somebody is completely delusional and they think that they are, you know, a man thinks he's a woman, a woman thinks he's a man, you know, a a, a woman thinks she's a dolphin. I mean, whatever it is to say, yes, you are that. Like, no, we should be all crying out like this person needs help. This is, this is, I'm so sorry you feel this way. I'm so sorry you're struggling with this. Let's get you help. Let's help you align your view with who God created you to be as a biological man. It's just, ah, it's so, so, so sad to me. And then the furthering of nominating 
him as woman of the year. Like, you have got to be kidding. And to me, it's just a cry from like University of Pennsylvania. I'm so sorry if any of you go there have ties to them of just trying to be the most woke possible to be like, wow, look at University of Pennsylvania. Not only are they moving things forward, but they are actually nominating this athlete. It is absolutely insane. And as Kristen said, you know, both of us grew up playing very competitive sports and something that we used to have to do in basketball. So we played basketball very competitively. We were one of the top teams in the state for women, you know, high school um, basketball players. Our team was really, really good. We won a ton of big tournaments. It was just like we were such a competitive team. And our guys' varsity team was also one of the best teams, very competitive. And so what our coach used to make us do is because the guys would practice after us is sometimes they would have some of the guys come and play defense on us or play against us. and Like five on five. Like five on five. Yeah, girls. guys versus girls. And the point of this practice was because the guys, even though we were the same age, we were all playing high school sports, high school basketball. Um, you know, we were all between the ages of what, like 16, 17, 18. There was just no competing against the the competitiveness, the strength, the height, the muscle mass, the endurance of the guys team. And so we would play our hearts out as one of the best teams, you know, like in the state. Mm-hmm. And we there was absolutely no way we could beat them. I mean, it was just, you know, Chris and I are both tall. We're 6'1". We were never going to be able to dunk. Like, are you kidding? You know, <laughs> and and even when you watch WNBA, it's like there's a few who can dunk, and it's such a big deal. And then, I mean, I was watching the um the NBA, which is the men's team. And they were referring to one of the players as a short king. And so I was like, you know how they talk about like, ooh, short king. And so I was like, oh, look, he's on this NBA team as a short king. And people are like, do you want to be like the short king? And then I look up his height. He's 6'3". Oh, my and goodness. And so for, but for the NBA team, he's considered a short king. But then he's like dunking and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, in the you know, in the WNBA, I'd be like, oh, she's really tall. She's 6'3". You know, it's just ridiculous the differences. And so Kristen and I, when we think back to that time, I can cannot even imagine like I cannot even imagine as a competitive sports player if they had allowed one of the guys on the high school basketball team who was a competitive sports like not just any random guy but like a competitive yeah, like an athlete an athlete who does this he's trying to go to college just like many of us kind of like we're thinking about and hoping for and we're college scouts were out there if they had if he had said actually I'm a woman I'm going to do some you know transitioning and then if they had allowed him to play like on an opposing team to us or even on our own team I, that is just beyond back in the day that was just not even a thought and it would be absolutely, you know, damaging to the women's sports, to our high school team, because we, we couldn't keep up. We couldn't endure as long. We couldn't jump as high. We, our muscle mass was so much less than these guys. And so just from a common sense perspective, as women who were female athletes, it is just astonishing that there are people who are plotting this and saying, yes, no, this isn't this isn't damaging to women's sports. In fact, if you reject trans women playing women's sports, you're hurting women overall. Like, do we see the opposite? Do we see women transitioning and playing in men's sports? No, because it's absolutely ridiculous. We can't keep up. We can't, we can't play. And that's not a knock on women. It's God designed us differently. We have different functions. We have different purposes. I mean, there are rules for sports, you know, different ages, different, um, you know, in wrestling and stuff, different weights. It's to protect the sport and help the athletes thrive. Um, and so when you start to mess with that and you say, oh, man can be a woman and a woman can compete, it just doesn't work. And so Christian and I are not only passionate about this from a biblical perspective, a common sense perspective, but also thinking back to our own experiences and just mm-hmm. like 
This is so sad for women who have, you know, worked so hard. And now this is where they're at. They're getting beat out by a man who competed for three years, you know, uh, in the NCAA. I mean, it is just, oh, my heart just goes out to, to, to women who are, and young girls who are like, oh, maybe I'd like to play in college. Like, what hope do they have? You know, if this Mm -hmm, is the direction mm -hmm. that we're going. Well, because when you allow a man on the team, a man who is a male athlete, competitive, trained for this, he is not just, you know, everyone's applauding it saying like, look how wonderful it is. Like just focusing on like the trans aspect of it. Like, wow, applauding his new identity. And he finally found who he really is. But the hard reality, and this is why those 16 teammates wrote this anonymous letter saying that, you know, this is taking this is taking away from women um he is taking away from women he's posing a threat to women's sports and the reason is because there are only only so many places on a team there are only so many places for winning first second third fourth and so if you have a male who's getting first place in a race what does that mean it means that a woman the woman who got second place is actually rightfully the female who got first place but now for all of time for all of her training all of those years in this particular race in this competition she will now always hold that second place um you know place yeah Yeah, the second and it's just crazy like oh no it doesn't affect it actually strengthens women's sports you know we're hearing all these different arguments but the fact is when you put a man in there and he's winning he is taking spots away from from women if there are 16 spots and he's number one number two whatever that 16th person that 17th woman guess what she's not in there she's Mm -hmm. not able to compete because there's a man taking that place and so that's something people don't really like to talk about a lot or really like to acknowledge but that's the reality of it a man is taking a woman's place she has rightfully earned it she rightfully deserves it she has rightfully trained for it and he is taking that away from her um but it's so sad because so many people are celebrating this and and women and that's the hard thing it's like these women athletes who are coming out and saying i support this i stand for this you know it's like what you stand you are standing for a man taking away um a biological female's position spot a woman who's worked so hard how in the world could you stand for this but we know so much of it is politics yes it's optics it's being on the right side of the aisle as some quote say being on the right side of history like there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes and I really wonder you know I wish I could talk to some of these athletes who like women athletes who are saying I, I'm for this I support this like behind the scenes yeah. behind closed doors in the secret private places of their journal do they really stand for this do they really love this applaud this like I would wonder if really they do or if they feel pressured to stand up for this because of where we are at as a society. Um, But Thomas had not spoken much on this, on the pushback, on um, the criticism. Um, but ended up doing a pretty long article, or not article, um, interview, and it wasn't on Good Morning America, mm-hmm. I think. And so we want to play a few clips from that um, and just let you hear from Thomas himself. I knew there would be scrutiny against me if I uh, competed as a woman. Um, I was prepared for that, but I also don't need anybody's permission to be... Um, myself and to to do the sport that I love. Just even listening to that clip, it is, I don't want to say comical. I don't think that's the right word, but I just want to say how crazy it is when you hear Mm -hmm. Thomas speaking and it is so obviously a man's voice, like not even a man who's like kind of trying to sound like a woman. It's like such a male, a deep male voice. And here we have a man who was saying like, yeah, yeah, you know, I knew there would be pushback. I knew there would be scrutiny, but I don't need permission to be myself. Basically like deal with it. Like, yes, I am a biological male and I'm, you know, I know I'm swimming against women and taking women's places, but just deal with it. and, And that goes directly that quote, I don't need permission to be myself is such a 
you know, an acknowledgement that you have no idea who created you. You have no idea that you were designed with purpose and intention as a man. It just shows the lostness. And to me, when I watched that clip, because you can actually see it, um, we'll we'll link it below because we, you know, so you can. If you want to catch the full interview, yeah. But to me, when I saw that, it honestly is so sad and so heartbreaking because you're seeing this man sitting there who is so confused, so lost. And in our generation, mm-hmm. if you come out, you know, say I am now a woman. I mean. Look, you end up on Good Morning America. You are praised. You can get, you know, famous on TikTok. It's very much a yes, go you. You are awesome. Way to be your true self. When in reality, it's like, well, what is your true self? It's who your designer says you are, who your creator says you are. And to me, it's just really, really heartbreaking that, you know, he has no idea who created him and that he's he was designed with such purpose and such intention um, and he's strayed so far from that. Mm-hmm. We want to want you to listen to one more quick clip um, from Thomas answering basically people's people's concerns that it's not fair that a man trans woman swimming against biological females isn't fair. You can't go halfway and be like I support trans women and trans people but only only to a certain point where if you support trans women as women and they've met all the all the nca requirements and then i don't know if you can really say something like that trans women are not a threat to women's sports i think it's interesting in this clip thomas actually makes i actually agree with the first half of what he said um that you can't support trans women trans people halfway and i think that's where the the rubber meets the road, is that as a society, there are many people who are wanting to not be totally, you know, quote, on the wrong side of history. So they're like, okay, you know, you do you. If you're a man and you think you're a woman and you want to transition, I support that. You know, that's your prerogative. I support your identity. In fact, I even applaud your identity. You know, good for you, finding out who you really are. But when it starts to impact women's sports, athletics and a biological male is taking the place of some swimmer, you know, someone's daughter, suddenly it becomes very personal and it becomes very obvious why this is not um, normal, why this is not good, why this doesn't work. But until you knew you hit that rub, it's kind of like all the people who are on board with it, who are like, yes, 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 are suddenly like, actually, no, no, no. And this is where... It's like you can't. So contradictory. It's so contradictory know? because you can't support something. I I agree. You can't support something halfway without going all the way. Like that yeah. doesn't make sense. Which is why we totally. are going back to the beginning and saying we don't support this at all. It doesn't yes. make sense at all. It doesn't only not make sense. It's only not fair if they're competing. It doesn't make sense across the board. It's a man claiming to be a woman. That is impossible. A biological yes. male cannot be a woman. And so rather than just going halfway and getting mad about the sports aspect, we have to go all the way back to the basics and say, well. Wait, 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 wait a minute. This isn't just only messed up when it comes to sports. This is wrong. This is not even reality. Like this is biologically impossible. This can't happen. And we have to go back to the beginning and say this is not reality and like not get tired of speaking the truth, not grow weary of saying the obvious, of stating the common sense. The, and and in, honestly, like the side that's on the side of science, mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. our culture is all about the science, but suddenly there's no science. Yeah. It's just all about like, okay, personal preference, personal identity, and there's no science involved. Um, it's just not even biologically possible for a man to truly become a biological woman. Yeah, totally. Well, and I mean, that's the same. You can go back and listen to the whole episode we did recently on abortion. It's the same thing. Like all of a sudden science, like, oh no, we're just going to kind of ignore that and make up these, you know, random, random, oh, at 15 weeks. Oh, you know, it's just ridiculous. So you can see that so much of our culture and society is driven by feelings and driven by what we want 
not even <laughs> the science they claim to hold, and definitely not God's design. Um, I really liked an article on the Gospel Coalition. We'll link it below. It's super helpful in kind of getting an overview of this story, story and just, you know, the whole issue at hand. Um, it was written by David E. Prince, and here is what he had to say, his thoughts on transgender women, you know, men competing against biological women. I just pulled a little uh, a little bit from his article, but um, I encourage you to read the whole thing. He says, some today would have us believe biological sex has no bearing whatsoever on athletic advantage or disadvantage, that female athletes shouldn't complain when competing against a biological male, transgender woman. Yet this, erase, this erasure of biological sex is a gross injustice, not only against the athletes forced into a co-ed competition, but also against the God who created male and female bodies to be beautifully different. Mm. Allowing biological males to compete in women's sports is nothing less than an assault on women's athletics. Ignoring the reality of biological sex and athletics harms all of us, but make no mistake. It disproportionately harms women. Acknowledging biological differences in athletic competitions is as necessary as acknowledging differences of age in youth sports or school size in in team sports competitions. We all know this. This is why we don't consider classifications in high school sports, age requirements in youth athletics, or weight classes in boxing as forms of discrimination. Mm -hmm. In fact, they're the opposite there are these are ways of protecting and empowering opportunities for achievement and success and i just so appreciate that down to earth just very straightforward way of unpacking it that sports isn't just open to all no boundaries there are rules there are boundaries set up to empower the athletes um, to create opportunities for a success and for achievement and I think that's really important to consider in this as well you know by opening it up and allowing sports to be co-ed because that's what it is it's not a woman you know um, a man um, that it's actually a woman it is a man playing in women's sports, and now you're forcing women to play in co-ed sports, which is completely, you know, erasing the boundaries that are there to help each, you know, whether it's an age or the biology biology of the person to succeed with what they're doing. I mean, how discouraging um, for athletes if, you know, they now have to compete against someone that is completely Mm -hmm. in a different age, you know, or gender Right. Like you don't see, oh, well, you know, a college athlete saying, well, I identify as a high school athlete, actually. Like that's my identity. And so because, you know, I identify as as a high school athlete, I'm going to compete against high schoolers. Like that would, okay, I shouldn't say that would never happen because with the way things are going, I never would have thought that a biological man could be called a woman and compete against women. That's happening. But I mean, you see the craziness of it when you just start to take that same kind of idea and place it in other categories and other areas, like a, a college athlete would not be allowed to compete against 16, 17, 18-year-olds because they're in a different bracket. They're a different level, different experience, different strength. Like, obviously, we can all nod our head and say, yeah, that makes total that makes total sense. That's common sense. But again, we've really thrown common sense out mm-hmm. of the window. So some biological facts. I mean, there's so many. If you just Google biological differences between men yes. and women, there are so many biological differences. And medical articles, there's just tons of stuff that are just listing the facts. Yeah. And this isn't a knock on men or women. Like, that's the thing is, like, men and women, God made us different. He made us beautifully different with these beautiful differences in our design 
designs and our biology and our physical makeup. And those aren't things that we want to erase or just act like it's all the same. Like we want to acknowledge like men and women are different uh, physiologically. And that's by God's design for a purpose. Like, and it's a beautiful thing to celebrate the fact that women can conceive, have babies. Like that's an amazing, incredible gift that God has given to women. Um, something that we go, wow, God, thank you. We know biological men cannot give birth to babies. And so it's like we celebrate these differences. But here are just some facts about the differences between men and women physically. So the volume of adult female lungs is typically 10 to 12% smaller than that of males who have the same height and age. And with the word typical is important here because I know, you know, we might get some emails or some comments saying, oh, wait, 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 you know, but here's this one example or here's this example. Like, yes, this isn't 100% across the board, but typically this is this is how things work, okay? Another fact, the average adult male heart rate is between 70 and 72 beats per minute, while the average for adult women is between 78 and 82 beats. This difference is largely accounted for by the size of the heart, which is typically smaller in females than males. And so, I mean, we could go on and on and on. And in fact, I was actually joking with my husband, Zach, the other day um, when we were going on a run, and I was joking about how the fact that I have smaller lungs, and and I'm, again, I'm a tall female. I'm 6'1", he's 6'3". Um, and we're running, and I'm like joking about the fact that because, you know, I have like smaller heart or smaller lungs, that if we're running the same pace for the same distance, I'm actually having to work about 15 to 20% harder than him. <laughs> so like that's the reality um, is that to even compete at the same level as women with our physical makeup, we are actually having to work a little bit harder, right? And so I thought that was kind of funny. So I was telling him, you know, when I'm getting tired and I need to walk, it's because I'm working harder, okay? <laughs> okay, so just some facts. Look it up. You will find so many different things. And what I find... I don't know what the word is, like so many modern feminists, women who have been fighting for equal, quote, equality, um, women who have been fighting for women to have, you know, equal opportunity, women who've been fighting for women to have equal opportunity in sports and education and all of these different areas. Um, many, not all of these modern feminists, but many of these feminists are now realizing like, ooh, if I don't get on with this like gender, this new gender ideology, this radical ideology, then I'm going to be literally on the wrong side of history. And so I have to get on board with this. And so now many of these modern feminists are standing up and cheering for people like Thomas, biological men who are now claiming to be women, um, you know, erasing women from sports, taking over their records, taking their places on teams. Many modern feminists are saying, yes, this is awesome. We cheer this on. But at at the very in the very same breath it's like they're cheering on the fact that women are being erased from their very own sport and the you know the first place trophy that rightfully should have gone to that female woman they're cheering on the fact that it went to a man mm-hmm. something that you know traditional feminists have been fighting against for so long so it's just even crazy how many modern feminists are being pushed into this corner and are are having to celebrate or else they're going to forever be labeled you know hateful and on the wrong side of history mm-hmm. so if we actually jump into a more biblical perspective of this so if we think of thomas And, you know, according to him, it was towards the end of high school when Thomas began to question his gender identity, and that's when things started to kind of change for him, even though he went to college and competed as a male athlete. That's kind of when it started. So if you think of that point, um, I love what John Piper has to say about this in an article, genitalia are not destiny, but are they design? I wonder if, you know, if he had been able to interpret these this confusion through kind of like a biblical lens. And John Piper says, you know, he poses these questions. And I think these are really important for people like Thomas um, and those of us who are just trying to think about this critically and biblically to ask. John Piper says, is gender set by a preference of the individual or a providence of God? Or to put it another way, is my sex determined by my decision in my mind 
or by God's design in my nature. And, you know, I know there are a lot of people who are not even Christians who are like, this is crazy, you know, but if we take it a step further and say, well, who created us? Who designed us? Um, it really becomes very, very black and white. Like, there is no questioning of this. There is no um, confusion. And I love that God is not a God of confusion. You know, he, did God just leave it up? Like, okay, I'm, you know, some will be born biological men, some will be born biological women, but that's just the gender assigned at birth as we mm -hmm. hear. And then they can decide when they get older. We need to raise them gender neutral so they can decide. No, we need to acknowledge that gender is not a preference um, by, you know, it's not up to us in our mind, you know, as we grow older or whatever we feel or think we are, or whatever we're told we are, but, you know, it is set by God and he gives us bodies that reveal that. And it's good and beautiful. Um, we actually did an interview with Professor Piercy, really digging deeper into God's you know, design for our bodies and just the the beauty that they showcase and what they tell us about God's good design for us as either a man or a woman. So I encourage you to go listen to that episode. We'll link it below. Um, she has, you know, a ton of thoughts on this topic. Um, that was a really great, you know, kind of like a part two to listen to. Um, but John Piper also says, neither whom we should worship nor whom we are sexually is left to our preferences. And it's just, that's the bottom line. You know, when we are struggling with something that is so against God's design, instead of viewing that as a curse and such a, you know, like, ah, God is just the worst. No, he's so kind to give us such clarity. There is no confusion. You know, the chaos and confusion comes when we reject God's design, when we push away and say, no, God, I know better. I feel this way, therefore I am. And I want everyone to come on board and accept. No, as Christians, we need to worship God first and foremost and not give into the chaos and say, no, God has a good design for you. You know, Thomas, God has a good design mm -hmm. for you. And, you know, you are following your heart. You're following your preferences. You're following what you think makes you happy. But ultimately, you were designed to worship God. That is the most, you know, crucial thing about you. You were designed to be in a personal relationship with him. Um, and that's what each of us needs to remember as we come to this issue. It's not just up to us. It's not just up to our preferences. We have a loving God who designed us and he made it very clear through our bodies who he intended for us to be. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that if you are someone who's listening to this or you know someone who is struggling with that, they're struggling with their gender, the reality of of being a male or being a female, um, that doesn't mean that isn't a real thing that many people struggle with. After the fall, right, Adam and Eve, Genesis 1 and 2, after the fall in Genesis 3, sin came onto the scene and really distorted so much. The perfect beauty, the order, um, the creative design that God laid forth in Genesis 1 and 2 with man and woman in marriage and sexual intimacy, so beautiful and perfect. It was distorted by sin, confusion, questioning God, doubting God's design, doubting his goodness, his character. All of that came onto the scene in Genesis 3. And so we are not trying to discount and say like, people don't struggle, just get with it, follow God's design, everything will be okay. We get that it can be a struggle and a battle against what you feel is right versus what God says is true and good. And so we want you to know that there are so many amazing biblically-based Christian biblical counselors who want to walk alongside. In fact, um, ACBC, 
Association of Certified Biblical Counselors is a ministry and organization that we recommend to so many people and in, and in fact have worked with some of their counselors ourselves, like within our own family. Um, they are amazing biblical counselors and you can find free counseling or very affordable counseling if you go to their website. Um, just look up Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. They have counselors all over the country and that's an amazing way to just connect with someone who you know is going to take you to the word of God. You know, there are a lot of people who will affirm what you're feeling and say, yes, what you're feeling is who you really are. You need to walk in that identity. That's your truest self. Um, But as a person, as a woman who is seeking to follow the Lord, you have to believe what God's word says is true about who you are and your body signifies that. It reveals truths about you. You can't separate your feelings and your emotions and your thoughts from your physical body. That is all tied in with who God created you to be ultimately. And you are not going to find ultimate satisfaction, fulfillment, peace, lasting truth if you step outside of that design and try to find those answers outside of God's design for you. That truth, that peace, that fulfillment ultimately can only be found when we submit every area of our lives, our bodies, our emotions to God, to his word and say, God, you are God. I am not. Help me to walk a path of growing in my understanding of who you are growing in um, in this. And you know that may take a long time, like any of us wrestling with a struggle. It may take a long time of being um, counseled and someone coming alongside you, but there can be freedom. And there are many testimonies of women and men who have found that freedom as they have pursued God's word. So a quote from Elizabeth Elliot, just so beautiful. I want to read it really briefly. She says, yours is the body of a woman. So talking about women, what does it signify? Is there invisible meaning in its invisible signs, the softness, the smoothness, the lighter bones and muscle structure, the breasts, the womb? Are they utterly unrelated to what you yourself are? Isn't your identity intimately bound up with these material forms? And she's just making the simple point that our bodies do tell us a lot about who we are. It's not insignificant. The fact that we've been made with female bodies biologically tells us so much. It informs us. We don't have to search it out. We don't have to try to find who we are. We can look at our bodies, our physical design, and say, God has given me the body of a female. He has made me to be a female. I will submit my life and my body to his truth, his word. I will accept who he has made me to be. And then I will study his word and learn what it means to live out my life as a woman, as a female, for the glory of God. That is what God is calling us to. And we see so much of that right there in our designs as male and female. And we see that, like I mentioned, Genesis 127, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. There's so much confusion. There are so many gender identities that we're being told are legitimate, are right, you know, that you can choose from, that you can figure out where you fit in, um, you know, dozens and dozens, if not hundreds now. But when we look at Genesis 127, we see a very simple, very basic um, picture of what God created, male and female. That's it. That's the end of the story. And it's beautiful and it's good. And then we see Genesis 5, 1 through 2. This is the book of the generations of Adam. And the day that God created man, he made him in his own likeness, male and female, he created them and he blessed them. And so we see this picture again of gender. And as Christian women, we cannot get swept up in this tidal wave of being told we have to conform, we have to celebrate, we have to applaud what's happening in in our society. We have to jump on board with this radical gender ideology or else what, you know, or else we're canceled or else we're rejected or else we're outcast or else we are the hateful ones. We cannot 
not buy in to the narrative. In fact, we can't let the culture dictate what the narrative is. We have to be bold, courageous women who stand up and say, this is actually the right narrative. God created them male and female. He created them in his image. There is male and female. End of story. Like we have to have compassionate, like we said, but common sense truth to bring back the truth of God's word and start engaging in this conversation with boldness. Mm -hmm. And like I mentioned earlier, if you want to take a deep dive, which I really encourage you to, because nothing coming from social media pretty much and nothing coming from just the world around you is going to be pushing you in God's good direction um, for his design for men and women and just his design for sex and sexuality, which he has so much to say. Um, so I really encourage you, if you haven't read Girl Defined, grab a copy of Girl Defined, God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, and Identity. Uh, but if you want to take it even a step further— you can read our book, Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart, Discovering the Beauty and Freedom of God-Defined Sexuality, Living a Life Where You Allow God to, to Define Your Sexuality, and Just Understanding His Good Design for Sex and Intimacy and How All That Should Be Lived Out. We really take a deep dive into all of the, you know, everything to do with our sexuality and our identity in Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart. Um, you can get that wherever books are sold or on our website, Girl Defined. Dot com. But at the end of the day, you know, we have to make a choice. Will we stand firm on God's word and his design for us as women and, you know, not giving into the delusion? Or are we just going to jump on board to this radical gender ideology and, and just, you know, just say, yes, you, you know, to a woman, um, you are a man or to a man, you are a woman. I mean, we cannot give in to the craziness. And as we were talking, honestly, I thought of like the fairy tale that probably you may have read, which thinking back, it's like, it's kind of a random fairy tale, but the emperor's new clothes. Um, I remember that there was like, we had a big like fairy tale storybook or whatever as kids. And I remember <laughs> this story in there. And I'm sure many of you, you do too. But you know, it's where these, you know, the, the emperor, he's very prideful and wants to be all lavish. And so two people come in and pretend they're weavers and basically convince the emperor that they're going to weave him the most lavish, expensive outfit ever. And then he will parade through the town and people will just worship him. Um, and so they, they make the outfit, but it's really nothing. And they convince him that it is the the new clothes. This is it. And so it's an invisible outfit that only it is. Yeah, there, it's nothing. It's there. Are, there are no clothes. You know, it's just it's invisible, but it is the newest and the best and the most lavish. So they pretend to put these clothes on, which is a whole awkward scene. Like, what is this story? And he is completely in the nude, but naked as they say, and he, all of the townspeople come and he's paraded through town and people don't want to be seen as a fool. Like, oh wait, I think he's naked. So they just go, oh, there must be clothes there. And they all applaud and cheer until a child, the wisdom of children, a child yells out that he is naked. And the child not caring about the culture, not caring about, um, you know, what people are going to think of him speaks the obvious truth. And I think we need some more childlike truth <laughs> in our day and age with all the stuff going on with the transgender movement. We just need to have simple understanding and say, no, this is insane. As insane as it would be for someone to walk around nude and think they're in a complete fancy outfit, we need to look at men who are confused and think that they're women and say, no, you are a man. You can never be a woman. There's nothing you can do. No amount of medication or treatments or, you know, chopping off body parts or adding them in that can make you a woman. Same for women trying to be men. We just need to speak the truth and love. Um, this is not an issue that we as Christians can budge on. This isn't like, ah, oh, maybe this is kind of gray. No, this is completely black and white. And so we need to stand firm in truth. We need to stand firm on God's design. Um, I really, really encourage you to leave 
a five-star review. If you're on the Apple app, if you're on Spotify, both of them, you can leave five-star reviews. Please do that so that more people can hear this and when we know that you love these topics. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all again next week.